because it really depends on what kind of purity. Uh oh, he's laughing. At us. Again, I can feel like the fire. I can fire. feel it's, it's, it's something to be yelling. He's going to be laughing. What, what, what America do you guys live in? The president of the United States ran on building a wall and creating a space force. Since when does somebody go practical and centrist when they're running for president? That's how you lose. You have to tell people <laughs> your you fantasy about what you want analogy. to create in this country. Even if you can't do it, people want to know what your dreams are. Running for president is aspirational. If I just want to find out what your party position is, I can go to your website. But I want to someone says, look, I dream bigger than what we have right now. I want more than we have right now. Yeah, we may not get it done in my term. It may take two or three terms, but that's my dream. I don't know, Jason. Maybe people are kind of tired of false promises. This guy, the guy in the White House right now is still winning and he'll probably get reelected next year on false promises. But you're not going to out false promising. The party is far more concerned about the direction of the of the party. I mean, not everyone in the party is concerned, but big donors and big party leaders are very concerned about the narrative that's developing that's anti-Israel, anti-prosecutor, anti-billionaire, anti-airplane, pro-infanticide, anti-Semitic, and that there's no one in the race pushing back on this except for maybe Klobuchar. That's why they want these other people to get yeah, in. That's and that's every that's single one of them is Hold on. It is now. They don't want to be a punchline in Don, in Donald Trump's rallies this early in what is expected to be a very lengthy process that could go into next May. Donald Trump. Hold on, Jason. To that point, mm-hmm. if you turn on Fox News at 9 p.m. at night, right. they ain't talking about Amy Klobuchar because she's a real threat. Exactly. They're it's talking about Talib. the extreme left and saying how un-American it is and it's a threat to the country. And whether or not you agree with that, right. millions of people watch that at night. And they want some the never-Trump Republicans. That's what some the of those people are tired of the president. Right. They're disillusioned with him. And those votes are available. They are not available to the extreme left. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie Third. I'm Jack Allison. And today, I wanted to tell you guys something, um, something that's been weighing heavily on my conscience lately. As everyone knows, we are going, this is the presidential election cycle has already started. Mm-hmm. And I think I got, uh, most of you probably first heard about me because, from the posting wars of 2016 and i have to say so far i'm thinking about abstaining i'm thinking wow. about staying out Why? of the post it's just like it's like the repetition of it is like the same people uh the same arguments the same things just going all through it all over again like i just can't imagine yeah, but i mean doing the same thing over again definitely wouldn't end in the same result right uh, I, I, I like I, my hope is it doesn't end in the same result but i just feel like maybe i like i it's not a final decision but like for now i'm saying and one of the things that you know a lot is letting me feel okay kind of taking a step back from dumping on the centrists and the neolibs is that there are new very powerful posters out there Mm. and we have one of them on the show today um vanessa b who is dollar dollar bill on twitter one of the like her power levels have grown significantly (laughs) just in the past few weeks a premier new poster yeah, like That's if hilarious. if you're on, you know, the poster stock exchange, you if you haven't already <laughs> bought 
shares and dollar dollar bill you're you're <laughs> late you're missing out um <laughs> she is yeah she is the uh social media and pot and podcasting and writing for current affairs thank you so much for joining us hi guys i'm stoked to be here oh we're so excited to have what you an on intro. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. nothing more important than than good posting in times like these I'm I'm disappointed in Leslie for saying that he's going to opt out, but uh, oh, know. I'm I'm still going to be posting about stuff. Okay, still going to have God. the hot takes. It's just maybe a maybe. It's not going to be all about 2020. Uh, even though I think we can start off the show by saying, "Welcome to the party, Bernie Sanders!" Yay! Yeah, yeah. look at that. <laughs> he announced uh after long last um now there's something there's now there's actually something to root for uh in this particular presidential election i'm excited so every every so i think we're all on board with bernie sanders um announcing uh coming into this race because like you know like we've had all these candidates come in and none of them really have anything resembling a policy that has anything to do with human beings so Mm -hmm. far most of them don't even have policies on their websites. It's really baffling. Yeah, this is a this is uh I think the strategy for this election is to not get on the record on any policies and that way no one will ever bother you about them. No one can ever get mad at you if you if you have bad policies and you don't announce them, you can't get in trouble for them. So it's kind of like the quantum policy theory. Yeah, so far the only like policy that I've seen so far is uh that Kamala Harris has been hectored about Jesse Smollett a lot, like, but that's the biggest policy debate so far we've had mm-hmm. in whether her po- whether her interns post about Jesse Smollett uh, holds up after all this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. this is something that's going to be very important to voters uh, in in 2020. So uh, I'm glad that we're getting it, uh, uh, you know, talked about now. I think her campaigns. Her campaign strategy has explicitly been to like build a personal narrative about her. Like she's she's mm-hmm. literally raining. Uh, she's literally running on her personality, um, which has not backfired <laughs> on us at all. Worked out great with Obama <laughs> twice. Mm-hmm. In- so I'm sure that'll be fine. Yeah, the hot sauce post like is just where like her you know white campaign uh was was he like a campaign chair or something like he post yeah, surreptitiously surreptitiously yeah. posted a picture of her like put <laughs> dumping hot sauce onto her collard greens. I'm like that's really like racist. It's, it's like, weird of him, even if it was just something that she just did unprompted. It's weird of him to take a picture of it and post it and tag the hot sauce company. <laughs> Think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> never miss an opportunity um i mean people do say that kamala and other candidates have previewed policies that they care about in their speeches but to me that doesn't count like we're already seeing it with medicare for all you can say really vague broad statements right. like, of course in your speeches and then when it comes when you put down pen to paper we'll come to find out that she means something completely different from single payer so at some point, I want to see some fucking policies. Right. As it turns yeah. out, CNN town halls are not governance uh, when it comes down to it. There's articles going around that now apparently Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren support reparations for like black people from slavery. Like, I don't think that's really the case. I don't think that any 
any of them have any really broad policies yet. It's just going on like, okay, we have to get the orange man out of office and who is the best, like the coolest person that we most want to hang out with. Like who has the best Snapchat um, so far? The, and the that- most bizarre one I've seen, like Harry Enten talk about, everyone talks about Amy Klobuchar and says the thing that's most appealing about her is her electability, which I'm like, it just, it seems like it's like a word like defining itself. Like they're like, what makes her most electable, of course, is her electability. And I'm like, well, what contributes to her electability then? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And Vanessa, you posted about this amazing, amazing Klobuchar story about the salad and the comb. Can you? I'll just read a clip. I'll just read it because I think everybody, this is in the New York Times, folks. This is somebody who's supposed to. This is somebody who's supposed to be um, possibly the next president. MSNBC is very excited about her for some reason. Mm-hmm. But nobody She's very electable. See this. Okay. Senator Amy Klobuchar was hungry, forkless, and losing patience. An aide joining her on a trip to South Carolina in 2008 had procured a salad for his boss while hauling their bags through an airport terminal. But once on board, he delivered the grim news. He had fumbled the plastic u- eating utensils before reaching the gate, and the crew oh, no. did not have any forks on such a short flight. What happened next was typical. Mrs. Klobuchar, Ms. Klobuchar berated her aide instantly for the slip-up. What happened after that was not. She pulled a comb from her bag and began eating the salad with it, according to four people familiar with the episode. Then she handed the comb to her staff member with a director with a directive, clean it. <laughs> first I just first of all, she should have if you were gonna make him clean the comb, you should have started with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, clean it first. That's a red flag in itself. <laughs> so she's not only like an abusive, you know, sort of like control freak person, but also just extremely weird. An extremely weird person. Extremely weird and gross. Like I've been in a lot of airports, I've eaten a lot of airport salads. They're not that good. They're not that good. Like the best part is like the grilled chicken, and you can eat that with your hands. You can just pick it off and eat it. Uh, with your hands, it's okay. You you're don't gonna get like it. hair in the salad if you eat it with a uh, comb. You're eating like hair with the salad for sure. <laughs> it's like weird. It's gross. Here's my thing: if by the end of the year the field of Democratic candidates has been whittled down to a bunch of terrible centrists, why would I pick the lady who throws binders at her interns? and eats salad with a comb. Like, if, if everything else is the same. Like, if I'm not getting Medicare for all, right. I'm not getting universal child care, like, I'm going to vote for the person who's not going to eat the salad that way. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. And You know, it's so funny because about maybe three months ago, right, some DC reporters were posted like these cryptic like subtweets saying oh there's somebody again in the race where if their stories of like their office gets out like it's going to be a big deal and all the like centrist accounts were like oh this is obviously about bernie sanders the guy who like already (laughs) ran for office like they they were all saying like oh oh, it's obviously about bernie and he was you know abusive uh to staff clearly Mm. but it was turned out to be about 
little old Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. Like I did wow. not see this coming. The electability candidate. <laughs> yeah. I but- mean, what's interesting is it's apparently like a really well-known secret in DC. Like as soon as the story came out, a bunch of my friends were like, oh yeah, like my friend worked for her in Minnesota and this is the story she has. Like stories that haven't even made it into the news. But I've heard like three or four other wild incidents there's also the whole Um, thing about how like a whole sequence on veep is based on like a thing that happened with amy klobuchar did you guys see that there was a there was a thing there was a scene in veep where she made an assistant shave her legs for her and that was the the, like creators of the show acknowledge they were like we don't know if it's true but that was based on a rumor that we were told by everybody about amy klobuchar wow holy shit um Like, so again, so, just a she's just, uh, abusive for sure. That is like the headline, but also just like really, really strange, a really strange, weird person. Yeah, and making a woman shave her legs is not feminist by any means. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not. laughs> oh man, so like you want you're you're we're talking, you know, kind of around <laughs> this issue. Like, what type of person do you want to be president? What type of person should be president? And like obviously someone like Amy Klobuchar is not someone who should be like in charge of a McDonald's, but there's people who make, you know, six, seven figures a year talking about this saying that she should be president of the United States of America. When you talk about someone like Kamala Harris, who has done nothing with her life other than put poor people and black people and brown people in prison. And like for the past two years, she's just, decided to be a senator and now she wants to be president has no explanation for why she should or even should want to uh be president of the united states and you can just go down the list this is a big problem that hillary clinton had she could never express a reason why she was running or why she wanted to be president and like i just feel like part of the reason why i don't want to get too so invested in it is because none of these people really have any answers for why like the average person should care about this because for the most part, it's all just a bunch of scumbags trying to get promoted to the next level of grift where they can make, you know, themselves more famous and more rich and have more interns to abuse. I am going to remain like very cautiously as I I am a, you know, sort of natural pessimist. I'm going to remain very cautiously optimistic about Bernie's chances this time around. I mean, that like first day fundraising was really impressive. And I kind of do think I'm like, I think we're going to see a year of like corporate media, like making it seem like it's completely impossible. But I'm like, when the primaries start rolling around, I'm like, Bernie has been campaigning for for four years at this point. He has, like, great infrastructure. He's raising a shit ton of money, and everybody likes him. I'm like, when the votes start coming in, I, I think he might be able to take it. I'm going to remain, you know, consciously optimistic. Some people have been to me like, you're just crazy for thinking that. <laughs> but I'm like, I, you know, the fundraising totals don't lie. I mean, every every state donated to him. Yeah, there's really excitement. I I want someone who, you know, like, I don't believe in cults of personality. Like, if there was someone else who could Mm -hmm. embody Bernie's politics and my politics and do as good a job, someone with vision, someone who doesn't just want to take us back to uh, 2012 or 2008, Mm -hmm. but who has a vision to, to push the envelope, whether that's on domestic policy or on foreign policy, you know, like, I would be excited about a candidate 
willing to do that. I don't Mm -hmm. see that with the, you know, when you talk about um, Amy Klobuchar being electable, I think the question is electable to whom? Electable to people who want what? Electable to people who want to go back to like this highly technocratic state with Mm -hmm. very little vision on how to like massively tackle global warming, like bring back unions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, I, I just, I, I just want someone who thinks really boldly. And I think mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders has been able somehow he's much older than us. And like, I think it's a <laughs> testament to his like ability to hope that he's not so jaded that he mm-hmm. still has those big ideas. I see it a little bit in Elizabeth Warren too. You know, she has mm-hmm. a, a different appeal. She has some weaknesses, I think compared to Bernie uh, in terms of like the fights that she picks, but but that's another person who yeah. I think gets it a little bit, has a yeah. reason for running. Yeah, I could absolutely get. Uh, I could, if it came down to uh, being Elizabeth Warren, I would be. I could be very happy with an Elizabeth Warren candidacy. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I don't want to be one of these people that like tries to predict what voters will care about. I do think that the campaign has made some unforced errors. I would say, but I'm not trying to prognosticate about that. And we are like so far out that it's like silly mm-hmm. to even you know uh, uh, get into. But what you were saying also about you know you don't want a candidate that you know just wants to go back to 2012 or t- 2008. I'm like, I actually think. That that is like a a new form of Democrat conservatism, like this, like pining for like ten years ago. I'm like that is conservatism. You just when you're like pining for a time that was the good old days, that means you're a conservative. You're just like now an Obama conservative. Like you're pining for a time ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, So I I I don't know if I can really get down with Elizabeth Warren because. Frankly, I think her posts are too bad. I think in 2020, in 2020, one of the, like the new metric that needs to be in the 538 analysis is posts. Is your posting? Even yeah. Hillary Clinton kind of got this with the delete your account post. Yeah, she had killed the phrase, but you know sure. it did help her at least a little bit and win the cycle that week. And Elizabeth I mean, Warren's Warren, Twitter and Facebook are better than her website. Like the fact checking, yes. Where she put up rumors that I didn't know existed. I learned. I learned about a new pill. She told me she wasn't taking. I never even knew about the pill. Elizabeth Warren does not get electroshock therapy. That is yeah. false. That's three predictive. <laughs> I mean, it is funny, Leslie, that you, you mentioned, you know, that Twitter needs to be a metric that 538. I feel like almost all the coverage on Howard Schultz has been about the ratios that his tweets get. Like, that's almost already the coverage of this new independent candidate. Howard Schultz is a shitty terrible terrible billionaire that for some reason our press class still talks to i really like that bernie sanders like called this out it's like why are you even asking me about this dipshit oh because he's a millionaire he called him like stupid in the roundabout way too when he said it's like i know people making 50 to sixty thousand dollars a year who know more about politics than howard schultz (laughs) the only reason you're talking Like you, you, yeah. would, you would think at some point, you know, people in media would figure out that every, you know, fast talking billionaire who right. <laughs> like wants to be in politics is not a serious candidate. Um, right. After the whole 
Donald Trump thing. But well, of course, to these people, you know, Bernie's not a real Democrat and Jill Stein swung the election. But also Howard Schultz is worth like a serious consideration of his ideas that we need to get him on a town hall right away and elevate him because he like wears a suit. And, you know, frankly, like, you know, all these people like to hang around billionaires like Jake Tapper is like, cool, I get to talk to a billionaire. That's so funny. I can't tell from my Twitter echo chamber how Howard Schultz is actually being received. Do you think centrists, it, like, is there a contingent of people out there who are? No. Oh, actual human beings. Oh, yeah. No, the motherfucker <laughs> looks like H.P. Lovecraft. No. Okay? no, nobody wants. There's no real to people. Do now, do I think that there's a, a chance that, you know, that it's like a hostage, uh, uh, like that, like he really might go through with, like with his hostage situation. If like they, if we do get a candidate like Bernie, who's further left, I think that that's possible. But do I think that there's like really anyone who supports this person? Like, n- no, <laughs> like of course not. Like no. he'll he'll get Bloomberg as a running mate, and they'll draw more right. votes from Trump than like right. anybody else. Oh, that's already what he's saying. He's like, you know, I, I maybe I won't run if like the uh, the Democrats elect a centrist. I'm like, that's a fucking hostage hostage negotiation fuck that like we should we don't negotiate with terrorists or billionaires <laughs> yes well speaking of terrorists or at least people who terrorize me and have terror terrorized me from not joining in on the political discussion mm-hmm. um there are tons all the bad posters are back from 2016 mm-hmm. and with bernie's announcement of course they've had some oh. awful awful takes uh mm-hmm. i do want to mention my personal favorite uh, i think Vanessa, this may be yours as well um amanda marcotte with no facts no basis just just pure just id her willingness in the beating uh, into reality saying bernie's fundraising isn't really a surprise he raised you know five million dollars in one day it's like a record or something like mm-hmm. that um pretty odd for someone who everybody hates and nobody wanted to run according <laughs> yeah. to a lot of people <laughs> apparently his name was just worthless after 2016 and he should have just stayed out of it and like the yeah. other people oh, fine um bernie's fundraising isn't really a surprise his base of support is well off white guys who have some cash to spare and are really hyped up to box out the up and coming candidates mm-hmm. what the fuck does that even yeah. mean like it- so what's the dollar amount where it shifts from being you know like someone who is a, a working class person you know donating to a presidential candidate to it has to be a white bro a white bro on wall street doing it or something like what is the dollar amount was it because it's 27 versus like 25 or something like that she she actually does have science on this she says that yes that is the exact amount 27 and a half dollars is the exact amount of Upper it's the middle bro number. It is the bro number. Upper middle class person. Everyone knows with extra that. class. Yeah. With a little extra cash would give to like and we know that like that isn't true because you actually look at like the campaign donations of like her friends and shit and see they donate quite a bit more than twenty seven dollars uh, when they feel like it. Like that's mm-hmm. you can look this stuff up like uh, like but just the pure audacity like just like they're coming out of the gate people can just post whatever post whatever the fuck they want on this website it yeah. seems like people can just say whatever the fuck they want on this stupid chat room i do find it incredibly depressing that amanda marcotte describes herself as a feminist she is a politics writer for salon and 
yeah, like people let her get away with this shit all the time, which I personally find to be like, I do find it to be incredibly offensive. Like it is sexist and and racist for her to single handedly and repeatedly basically like flatten Bernie's base Mm -hmm. by like ignoring, you know, the thousands of non-white, non-cis, non-heterosexual um uh, voters who like support him and have donated to him. And like, you don't have to agree with us, but I don't, I, it goes, I mean, it all goes back to like what even started Leslie's involvement in all this. Yes. <laughs> Being the Bernie dragged me like, into this. Yeah. <laughs> I was living it's happily so in Japan. <laughs> living happily in Japan, not thinking about American politics at all until this just drove me crazy. Like the and so if I, I don't know if I, how many times I've really talked about it on the show, but uh I did start the hashtag Bernie Made Me White after because after seeing like as Vanessa was saying, like people who aren't white men constantly being erased if they supported, you know, Bernie Sanders, like people would just say with no evidence at all and it seems even more ridiculous now that they're sticking with this but like they'll they'll just say that but the only people who like bernie sanders are white men even though like truly strange he's possible he's like least popular with white men at this point like <laughs> according to the polls like especially well-off white men like they right. hate him more than anybody else he's most popular with mm-hmm. like young black people as far as percentages goes like and this narrative that just will not die cannot die even when bernie sanders goes out and says stuff like oh our campaign um was our campaign officially was a little bit too white and too male and people and that criticism was fair and that's why they announced you know this very diverse you know a group of campaign chairs including uh nina turner who uh rules um but, and the mayor of san juan yeah yeah so you know they ha- and rokana as well so you know he's mm-hmm. they're learning they're trying to do better which is you know it's fair to tell bernie Sanders to do better and i do want to preface this episode for all our you know tanky listeners who are just ready to get out the guillotines don't worry i, I still support that as well if you want to check out electoral <laughs> politics that's fine by me too you know whichever yeah. whatever wins whatever works yeah. okay um but i i but this this narrative it just won't die and it seems like really like vulgar and racist and sexist and yeah. you think some of these people would learn better especially since now like they have an out Amanda Moncrot had an out Hillary is not running she's just not running she put all her hopes in Hillary Hillary didn't win. She's gone. She's living in the forest now. Uh, you don't. Have, you don't have. Forest of Chappaquiddick, New York. You don't have to be like this. You don't have to be like this this year. You literally. You can just say like, "I will yeah. support whoever yeah. wins this primary because we have to get Donald Trump out." Right. You can that say that year faith. ended three years ago. Yeah. The Hillary year ended three years ago. <laughs> You can save face. You don't have to. You don't have to even take back anything you said about Bernie Sanders because all you have to say is, "I will support anybody who can right. defeat Donald Trump." But they they've chosen like not to, and it's worth interrogating, like why. And I think it's uh, for a lot of them, it's because they don't want. The, they actually like aren't 
just against Bernie Sanders personally, they are against his policies of, you know, raising taxes on the wealthy, um, universal health care, universal child care, universal education. Uh, I, I, I do, I do want to back up and say, uh, Amanda Marcotte is for universal, uh, child care. And she threw mm-hmm. this in Bernie's face to call him sexist, even though Bernie Sanders has been calling for this for years. <laughs> universal <laughs> child care of for course. years before he was running for president. Mm-hmm. But like, I think just, it's like the same thing as like in 2016 when Hillary was like, "Where were you when I was calling for Affordable Care?" and he was like standing right behind <laughs> her. <laughs> oh, exactly. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going too far, but Vanessa, why do you think these people are repeating the same pattern even when Hillary isn't in and likely at this point probably won't get in the race and they have these outs where they could just focus well they have the same out that they had when they didn't want to criticize beto right because when people were criticizing beto they were saying hey guys we need we can't tear each other apart here the important thing is that we defeat donald trump i don't care if dracula gets nominated for the democrat party i will vote for him versus trump that was what i prefer dracula i want to vote for dracula (laughs) that was like two that was like two weeks ago we weren't supposed to attack other democrats and now of course it's back to the same old shit well he's not really a democrat of course of course but vanessa (laughs) you are a politics expert you write for that highfalutin Mm -hmm. current affairs magazine can you lay it out for us like why why is this happening? Why is this happening? <laughs> I don't have the answers. I don't know why it's happening. Um, okay, I will say this. I, I think I fall in the camp of once we're out of this mad race, once we're out of the primary and it's the general, I don't think it's irrational to tell people, even if you have criticism, it makes logical sense to vote, to kind of rally behind the nominee. But even then, I wouldn't, I would never go as far as them as to say, like, keep your criticisms to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I would say this again in states where, in swing states particularly, I would say my recommendation, and I can't tell anyone what to do, but like probably eat shit and then just vote for the terrible <laughs> nominee. Uh, but yeah, eat but again, shit and vote. That's I, a very good line. <laughs> you know, or, you know, go vote. I wrote this article for Current Affairs where I was like, even if you don't, uh, even if you don't vote, you still get to boo. So I got to also say <laughs> that, that big principle. Um, but But otherwise, like I just, yeah, I just can't really understand this idea that we can't actually, because this is like part of the process to figure out mm-hmm. whose policies we like best. And that that depends on what people are running for. And I feel like we have to take that into consideration. And we also have to like really discuss like people's problematic backgrounds, especially when, you know, when you look at like all the policies that like Sanders has made popular and has made less controversial right like the things Mm -hmm. he was for four years three years ago like medicare for all which hillary scoffed at and said would never ever happen and now everyone's endorsing it like once people start endorsing all these big ideas you have to figure out what differentiates them from each other and i feel like the only way we can do that is by looking into people's backgrounds sometimes that's going to look a little bit like talking like shit but talking shit but that's that's the process you know Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't even know if I'm answering your question. Well, well, well you're not, and I will be sending a letter to uh, Nathan J. Robinson about this, and I hope he responds in a British accent because I love that guy. Um, but yeah, but I, I, my point, Mike, that is a good answer to why like we should criticize these other candidates. But I do want wonder like this deep animosity towards Bernie Sanders that has seems to have nothing to do with those policies you were just mentioned. It's like, you know, people are adopting those policies now, but people like Amanda Mercat or, you know, Jill Filopovich or like, you can go down the list, like every pretty much and like tons of media people who, you know, kind of lean towards the center or like really don't get into the fray when it comes to Bernie Sanders, they jump right in. Like why, why yeah. this deep, and Masi towards him already when like towards two weeks him. ago they were saying no animosity towards anybody we oh, just need to win i'm sorry i totally misunderstood your question I, I, I think that there's an element of it of it like reminds everybody it reminds all these people of a time when they were very very wrong and that's like <laughs> embarrassing like and so they're like <laughs> still being like I wasn't wrong. Like they still want to be like, I still wasn't wrong that time, even though that like, you know, everyone like went on the record and everybody like put their chips down. And a lot of people a couple years ago turned out to be really, really wrong about it. And they're hoping that everybody like forgot by this year. (laughs) Did you guys see, did you guys see how like the guy who runs the daily cause, Mark something. Yeah. Marcos Melitzas. Yeah, he had posted something a few days ago, and I don't know if he deleted it, but he was basically like, I can't fucking help it. I hate this guy. I hate Bernie. I'm going to talk shit about him all season long. Like, Bernie has barely, like, taken a breath. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and that hate is so irrational, and I've heard other people compare it to some of, like, the irrational, kind of less policy-driven, more sexist, more visceral uh, hate towards Hillary Clinton from the right. And I think there's a little bit of that on the left. Like, I don't know that we can actually all explain it away because he hasn't, he hasn't even done anything yet. And some people right. are already hundred <laughs> percent never Bernie. Right. Yeah. I, you know? I, I forget who made this post, but like one of these, one, a guy who was, um, Oh, who, the guy who lied about Bernie Sanders not um, being in that civil rights demonstration. He writes for the Washington Post. His partner worked for Hillary Clinton. I, for, I forget his name, okay. but uh, he was very like anti-Bernie um, guy back in the day. Like he lied about him um, pretty vis- viciously. But he made made the mistake of making a post saying, you know, I a few weeks ago saying, I don't care, you know, who no, even I will support any Democrat who gets the nomination. And all his yeah. fans like started tearing into him <laughs> saying, how you dare you? Not. How dare <laughs> you? <laughs> That's so funny. Speaking of the civil rights movement, do you guys remember in 2016 when John Lewis, was asked about it and he was like, I didn't see him there. Yeah. As, huh. if, as if John Lewis had been at every fucking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the nerve. And yeah. the, the other good part is that he implied he saw like Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton <laughs> there too. I'm like, who, who, where were they at? Were they yeah. the uh, girl she spitting on you? We're like Goldwater. Yeah. Was she, was she one right. of the ones spitting on you and attacking you? Like that's the only yeah. thing she had to do with the civil rights movement. But 
<laughs> I, I wanted to say uh, on Marcos Melitzas just before I forget it that here's the two Marcos Melitzas is the one guy one he's posting like I just hate this guy like I I can't stand it I'm just gonna hate him forever and the other is he brings fourteen thousand flowers <laughs> to Nancy Pelosi's office <laughs> like they had like a daily cost thing where they sent fourteen thousand flowers to Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, when she like got the speakership so this is a guy who has a very normal healthy relationship with like political figures <laughs> I, I do want to say one thing about daily coats after hillary won the nomination they banned anyone who was critical of her at all so i'm just saying more normal stuff more maybe if, if bernie sanders won the nomination is he going to ban himself from daily calls i'm just curious <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on we've t- we talked a little bit of earlier about um shithead billionaires and how billionaires are the worst people in the world in fact if you hate billionaires as much as we do we do have a brand new struggle session t-shirt that lots of people are loving selling like hot cakes mm-hmm. it has a very classic classy image of a guillotine with the word billionaires don't have rights under it you can get it from prowrestlingtees.com i do want to tell all leftist listeners Pro Wrestling Tees, unfortunately, does not use union-made shirts. But when we do our next live show, we will be able to bulk order some union-made shirts. So if you can wait till then or uh, just shoot us an email around that time and we'll be able to get you a union-made shirt. Anyway, so about how uh, very stupid billionaires, Robert Kraft, owner (laughs) of the New England Patriots, worth $6.6 billion dollars mm-hmm. was recently caught soliciting sex at a massage parlor in Florida. Right. In Florida. Well, so look, I, you know, I don't want to come out as, you know, anti-sex work or anything like that, but I'm also very pro seeing any billionaire humiliated and seeing all their it, shit get public. It is so, a conundrum. It is a conundrum. There's nothing, anybody, you know, sex work is okay, but also it's really funny to make fun of Robert Kraft, and it would also be oh, totally cool and moral to look at uh, Jeff Bezos' dick pics when they come out. It's totally <laughs> fine to do that. Like, it's fine. Like, in the it's so fun. Because, like, they're billionaires. They're billionaires. Jack, don't, (laughs) like, isn't there, like, an eyes wide shut district in Los Angeles for them to go to? (laughs) Like, imagine, imagine having $7 billion and you're just, somebody put it on Twitter. It's like, those places are for, like, traveling traveling copy machine salesman. (laughs) I'm seeing the picture of it, and it is very, very funny that a man worth that much um when did his sex work needs uh, at a place like that it's just amazing to me that, and like that he was actually arrested for it like i didn't know like you were allowed to arrest billionaires right so here's my thing about it they they and they say in the articles that like the cops have like video of the entire thing they have like video of him it's like that's not even the video i need to see i do want to see Robert Kraft, like, being arrested at a, like, massage place in a strip mall in the middle of the night. Like, that's the actual footage I want to see is the, uh, just the arrest and, like, just the sort of uh, embarrassment about it, I guess. And, like, so, you know, with the NFL, we talked on the show, like, there are a group of billionaires who own all these teams, extort money from all these cities to build their, you know, these lavish stadiums that gentrify these cities, uh, 
create just nothing but uh, low wage, uh, seasonal sometimes jobs. Um, and he it, now he has to go in front of all the other billionaires, like with this uh, over him. And he has to tell, you know, right. go in front of players and say, you know, we really can't hire, you know, Kaepernick as a backup because he's just too controversial. Like, I, re- <laughs> I really love that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if if he gets a, a Trump pardon. To be honest with you, I wonder if he ends up getting a pardon. Trump did say he was he was innocent. He Trump already came out on uh, his side. Yeah, like this yep. is the billionaire that's really good friends with Trump now. I am a Patriots yep. fan, so I have to say they were. Oh, what they were? Oh, you should have led with that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you are a Patriots. Fan? I am a Patriots <laughs> fan, but like wow. you know, Robert, you and Mitch. Wow, very controversial. That's now now started off trying to make. There's no good reason to support the Patriots. Look, okay, I support, (laughs) you know, healthy expressions of male love between two adult (laughs) men, which is what Tom Brady and Robert Kraft, they kiss each other when they see each other. I think that's fine. I I didn't know you were an advocate for toxic masculinity, Vanessa. Wow. But, you know... That's if that's what you okay. choose. That's how you choose right. to be. Like that's fine. All right, let me one up you. I will say this. I I think the most amusing part of all this to me is that these people think this is something to be embarrassed about, and therefore feel embarrassed about Robert Kraft's arrest. And I do take some pleasure in think in knowing that for a few days this billionaire is going to be somewhat uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, around his friends. But, like, I think sex work is fine. And, like, if it's all consensual and he, you know, he was going to pay the person a fair wage and she she was going to accept that wage and, and was okay with the transaction, then, like, to me, it's all not a big deal. I feel like we should be talking about Jeff Epstein getting children. Yeah, and sure. Fucking playing with Alan Dershowitz. Like, yep. I'm interested in... And that getting out. reopened. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about that getting reopened. Oh yeah, uh, we, we, yeah. we've we've talked. I wonder if Bill Clinton is maybe not that excited about about that getting reopened. But <laughs> we we have talked about Epstein a few times on the show. This Robert Kraft thing is breaking news. It is kind of odd that like this is going to be like the trend topic. This is going to be the joke on all the late night shows True. for like the next you know six months, and then when football comes back, it's just going to come back again. But you know, someone like a Jeffrey. Epstein is just not is just going to be completely under the radar. Jeffrey Epstein had Pedophile Island and went there with uh, Kevin Spacey and like the former president. But uh, sure, the Robert Kraft story. Yeah, Kevin Spacey is on those flight records. Michael Jackson's not on the records, but I mean, he's going to get his big documentary later this year, which uh, I read a lot of this. There's a whole new big documentary coming out in the sort of in like like the R. Kelly thing with a lot of interviews with people that, uh, you know, were at Neverland Ranch. And uh, if you want to look that up. Um, oh it's it's just it's pretty horrifying so far. What's in the uh, what's you know what people said who saw the documentary at the film festival? Oh shit! Yeah, pretty. So you know, we you this is these are the last few months of Michael Jackson before he is finally officially canceled. I think uh, when this uh, documentary comes out. Yeah, because remember when he did that interview with uh, was it Martin Bashir? Or yes, something? and like he he. 
you know, that interview made a big splash. And then that was that, you know, we hadn't canceled Michael Jackson. Martin Bashir got canceled for that interview. People were (laughs) mad about Martin Bashir because they felt like, because Michael Jackson kept was saying that he lied about what he was going to talk about. Martin Bashir (laughs) got in more trouble for that interview than Michael Jackson did. We've come a long way. We have come a long way. We (laughs) have come a long way. It is true. But that's kind of like how that's kind of like when like uh, when Billy Bush got canceled, but Trump became the president. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. All uh, right, so Vanessa, um, we yeah. I love your writing, love your stuff. What mm-hmm. any, can you give us a little bit of a preview of anything you're working on next? Oh gosh, um, I'm. I'm not working on much right now. I may have a little piece coming out in Harper's um, in a few months um, on corporate childcare workers, but we'll see. I haven't I haven't written it yet. So, <laughs> wait, what's a, what's a corporate a corporate childcare workers like when uh, like Google has like childcare at their uh, offices? Yeah, that's right. Mm. There are some companies, some very large companies that have campuses um, with a lot of the major, uh, with a lot of major corporations and law firms around the country. And, you know, it's not an investigative piece. It's just like a little reflection on, on, on what that looks like uh, for the workers at these places. Yeah, what, um, what it means for your job to raise your child for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I have some, you know, I had an article come out in January in issue 16, if people are interested about uh, the prosecution of uh, Antifa protesters on inauguration and what that looked like. Um, So that's the last big thing I wrote. Yeah, it was really fucked up, right? They were trying to put them in jail for like, like jail, jail for like, oh, prison, yeah, yeah, prison for like federal charges for prison. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what 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 were some of the charges, and like, how long were people like uh, going to be in for? Yeah, so over two hundred people were arrested. It was a mass arrest on inauguration day in downtown DC. Uh, if you look at the police rules, it seems like the arrest was probably illegal. Um, and DC is a weird jurisdiction, so we have a federal prosecutor instead of like a local DA. Um, and this federal prosecutors could have looked at the charges and been like, this seems, you know, 200, arresting 200 people for like four broken windows seems excessive. We'll let it go. But they didn't do that. They were like, oh yeah, we're going to charge, you know, with, um, we're going to charge them with like, uh, felonies for rioting, for plotting to riot. Yeah. Everything, everything they could make stick under the sun for wearing black you know, <laughs> at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but, um, but yeah, so there were a couple of trials and the juries let, found the defendants non-guilty. And after that, I think the prosecutors realized that it was going to be an uphill battle to, um, to make charges stick on anyone else. So they kind of gave up. But like, it made people's lives hell for like 18 months, the first 18 months of the Trump administration, because you got this, these charges hanging over you. You can't, right. you can't take a new job. You can't move because how, you might be in federal prison in a year, you know? So Jesus. it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound fucked up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so Vanessa, the real reason I wanted to get you on the show is that you are part of the 
current affairs team. I met you all at the live show uh, last month. You're all lovely people, smart, Aww. intelligent, friendly, kind people. <laughs> but I thought, and I said this on the last episode but, where we re- okay. reviewed that, <laughs> when we reviewed your live show, it's kind of a weird flex to do a podcast show that you actually prepare for. Like a yeah. live <laughs> podcast event where you actually prepare, like that's a little yeah. bit, you know, <laughs> like, like, you, like you're trying to floss on the rest See, of it's us. it's bad form because then everybody starts expecting that. Yes. And so it's like <laughs> you're pulling up the bar in a way that's not fair to those of us who don't want to do pre-work no well on behalf of the current affairs team i deeply apologize for the absolutely unnecessary flex unprofessional <laughs> unprofessional <laughs> yeah. uh, very bad solidarity yes yeah. like we're you will still be hearing from our representatives at the podcasters union but <laughs> um we do tentatively accept your apology oh huh. Great. <laughs> right. So, uh, Vanessa, where can people find you? Uh, you can find my writing at Current Affairs. You can find my writing in New York Magazine. Um, get a couple of pieces there. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, shitposting out of my ass. Uh, <laughs> my handle is Dollar Dollar Billy. I don't know. D-O-L-L-A, D-O-L-L-A. B-I-L-L-E. So I was so I was at this precipice around 2016, right, where I had a handle that was just like an inside joke, just for the only I understood, <laughs> and then I decided to switch over to the official Leslie Lee full Lee I I I. Like, ha- have you given uh, consideration to it? I don't know. I'm really bad with change, so I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep this terrible. Plus, I think what the people expect. The people want that's what the people want. I don't know, maybe one day, maybe one day. All right, I'm sorry to make things difficult. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Uh, have a good one, everyone. Peace. Thanks for having me.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.